Hi everyone, hope you're in tip-top shape. I'm getting ready to go do door for a punk show. That's how I live my life. I do door, I do stand-up, I do podcasts, I do, I do, I doodle doody do. My name is Nick, I am the host of Nick Flanagan Weekly. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly. I am Nick Flanagan. Fresh and hot off the heels of a Just for Laughs 42 performance at the Alternative Show with my man Andy Kindler. Tried to get Andy on the podcast. Did not happen. Maybe in the future, Dandy Kindler will perform an interview on the podcast, but not right now. So today's guest is the wonderful, the spectacular, the spectacular returning guest, Sandra Shamus. Uh, just what is there to say? There's a lot to say. Uh, she has been in the game for a long while, ever since Honey's was wearing sassoons, to quote Dr. Dre, not a friend of women. And uh, Sandra, if you heard the last interview, you know that she's a thoughtful, funny uh, person who has carved out a life for herself that's the one that she wants. So it's important for me to talk to people like that because... It inspires me, and uh, there's a lot of things that are inspiring to me. Byron Bauer's show last Friday that I saw him perform, his hour, was pretty exciting. I was really into it, and uh, it's it's. Uh, I told him it was something I aspire to when I spoke with him. Hopefully he comes on the podcast too. But right now the guest is Sandra Shamus. Check out her website, sandrashamus.com, for information on her upcoming uh, show. She's done many a uh, show, uh, often at the Winter Garden in Toronto, and the next one is, um, she says the name during the interview, and it sounds like it's going to be really good. And she has a lane named after her, her near where I live. So if you're ever in the area of Toronto's, I'm trying to like keep my area secret, even though I feel I've shared it on many an episode. If you're like Bluer and Christy, you can find Sandra Shama's Lane. And I insist that you don't do something like pee in it. If anything, clean it. So without any further ado, your friend and mine, Sandra Shamas. In conversation with me. So what would you like me to say? Hello, hello, hello. Oh, just like that? Hello, hello. Test, 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 test. One, two, three, one, two, three. I'm check, check, turn check. Turn your volume up a bit. Check, 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 check. Check, 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 check. Okay, I'm just going to... We'll fix it in... Post? Pre. In pre. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in pre. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. Because we're... I can live with this. I we're just that... Fine. We're just those kinds of people. Yeah. We're just, we're just people living our lives. It always feels weird at the Speak beginning. Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. We are just person. I am just a person living my life in this way. Um, this is my favorite part where I get to introduce uh, the guests. It's yeah, that's my favorite part, too. Not, not. Today. I, I understand. Go ahead. Today sorry. we have the returning guest. Um, I think we've get, gotten to hang out one time since uh, the guesthood. I think we had coffee again. Remember? Yeah, we did, actually, nice. because, um, yeah, I remember that. It was fun. Yeah, it was great. It's always a, a pleasure. Ever since you reached out last summer, I've been so, uh, my life has gotten better. What did I do? I don't know. It was just like, 
it's so cosmic. You oh, know? I reached out to ask you about podcasts. Yeah, you did. And and it's just right. funny because like, you know, being away from Toronto for so long, you know, I was in LA and sure you meet people who are nice, but it's rare. The headphones are coming off. Good. Yeah, it's time. It's, uh, yeah, I'm going to put my cup down. That's how serious this is. Down. It's it, it's rare that somebody, you know, that you necessarily uh, respect and have met a few times will reach out to you, you know, or maybe it takes a long time. Maybe it takes since we met or something, you know? Yeah, I think it has to do with um, why paths cross. Right. Yeah. Seriously. Like I saw that you were doing something that was intriguing. Um, I find you accessible as a person. I am accessible, yes. Everybody can come over. <laughs> and uh, Red Rover, Red Rover. <laughs> and uh, okay. I felt, um, I felt, I felt comfortable reaching out to you to ask a simple question yeah, that totally. has a complicated answer, which is about podcasts. But yeah. I thought perhaps at least that would start a conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, and it it did, and it was just. Uh, you know, just recently, but again, we'd had, we had met. So it was like that, like, I think having that being back in Toronto and realizing, oh, you know, I love, uh, say Don Pyle from, uh, shadowy men on a shadowy planet, the drummer in that band. Do you remember shadowy men? No, but I believe that you love that person. He did the music for, uh, kids in the hall. Yes. I, I do remember that, but I don't remember him specifically. He's a drummer and, uh, they asked me to open for them. They're coming back. And now I'm like, when? Uh, November 21st. Where's the, the venue? The Monarch Tavern. Shut up. Yeah, small show. They're doing three shows in a small venue. Yeah, so are I'll... tickets on sale? Yes, they are. Fuck off. I'm getting some. Fucking A. That's what I'm talking about. Get right on that, people. The Monarch Tavern. I even know where that is. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. I, I, yeah, that's uh, why. What was the Monarch Tavern like when you were going there? Are you still going there? Maybe I don't. I know. Good. I went there once because I heard that the barbecue was good, but I never. I didn't stay because the vibe was weird. <laughs> I wasn't going to sit there and eat meat and feel weird, so I left. But I know where it is. Yeah, you know that part of that that part of Little Italy, that one street, feels like it's a little. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a little Brigadoon. Yeah, I it's think... a little bit in in another era, in another yeah. mindset, yeah. another vibe. I I can't really put my finger on it, but I always, uh, as De Niro said, I always heard thick. I heard things. <laughs> yeah, I saw something nasty in the shed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a bit of an imaginary, per imaginative. Per I'm an imaginary person. You're an imaginary person, <laughs> and that puts me by myself. <laughs> so, but yeah, coming back and just having all this access again to like people who I thought were great and are, you know, treating me nicely, and <laughs> not that that wasn't happening in LA, but that's kind of what it's like. What are you? Well, no, at? I'm just Is thinking about. Dusty? No, I'm thinking about how there's uh i'm thinking about how perhaps part of you is still in la because there's this comparativeness going on in your conversation yeah and so is that does that mean that you regret coming back no it just means uh ideally i'd like to be everywhere in the world all at once <laughs> you know and I, one day one when day. you shall <laughs> when you shed this shed this body, body you will be like everywhere always <laughs> yeah so uh, bring it on! <laughs> yes. No, no, I, no, not I, I yet. No rush. Not no, yet. You, you still have your glasses to get. Yeah, you got a girlfriend. Come on. You got. You know, you're 39. You have so much, so much damage to do, as you mentioned earlier. I hope I make it at least twice as long as I've made it. No reason why you shouldn't. No, but 
I don't. What do you think does in somebody early? <laughs> bullshit, probably right at the well, top. Piles of, of bullshit. Piles of bullshit. Most of them, most of it's self-inflicted. I think. Yeah, yeah. This is a very. I feel like people are acting more stressed than like wartime people. Like they're externalized. No, no, no. I don't think you're wrong. I think as the planet heats up. Yeah. Everybody's heating up. Well, maybe that's it. Is we think that. Oh, like we're not going through the Second World War or whatever, but maybe the world itself is like microwaving us slowly. Well, meanwhile, yeah, we've been we've been we've been terrible we've been terrible guests. We really have. We've been terrible guests, and our host is fucking sick of us. <laughs> Mother Earth, and she's Gaia. about like just one little shake, man, and we are all off into oblivion. The Titans are. They're losing their grip on the pillars that support... I don't remember exactly what the Titans did, but they were very important to the world. They held the world up or something. Yeah, I and, guess there were pillars there somewhere. Yeah, their arms were the pillars. And I think it was Atlas. Atlas. Wasn't Atlas, Atlas holding up the world? So if he shrugged, uh-oh. Oh. I mean, on multiple levels. Did you try to read that fucking book? No, I read The Fountainhead. And? Uh, and? Well, when I first read The Fountainhead by Onrind... That, or Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. Uh, <laughs> my booby, you know. <laughs> Your booby was Ayn Rand? Everyone's booby. Wow. Everyone's booby was Ayn Rand. The baked goods must have been amazing. <laughs> and Golda Meir. Oh, my God. <laughs> Golda Meir. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, um, uh, what a fashion sense she had. Yeah, they both were just... Uh, they were they were a couple that never got to be Jesus. together. And, and uh, I, I, uh, I read The Fountainhead in the first... 20 pages i was like this is bullshit mm -hmm. i'm basically reading my and then and then <laughs> yeah like an economic like individualist uh -huh, uh, porn yeah. you know yeah and, and and then my friend who's like quite radical which is i don't think that far actually from in a way from the attitude that Anne rand has which was is very uh what would you call it like uh um, didactic, didactic. Oh, yeah. didactic. Yeah. Wow, look at you. I got, I got words. We are, we are just, we are just slaloming are down just, this like <laughs> slope. You asked me if I was happy with the podcast. I'm not happy sometimes with the uh, uh, words I use and uh, um, overly obscure examples. <laughs> I tend to jump. You can imagine how your audience feels. I can imagine. <laughs> Everybody's running to Mama feels. Google. Yeah, that's what someone told me a couple of days ago who'd seen me like at the Rivoli years ago. He was like, some of your jokes I had to like, two weeks later, I would just go, oh, I get it. That's funny. <laughs> you know, and it's like, that's, that's like uh, not the smartest um, immediate. That's not being in the moment career wise. <laughs> I would say that's a, like as accessible as you are as a personable person your work is like in the exact opposite direction isn't that frustrating it's ridiculous like i do remember watching you on stage and just sort of cocking my head to one side like a dog and going wonder what's going on up there mm. you know gee chef i think that's what happens like, people like, go i like him i guess i like this yeah, but I'm hungry. <laughs> reaching for the first, yeah, first identifiable uh, comfort. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna make. It. <laughs> <laughs> but thirty nine, go ahead. <laughs> um, When's well, your birthday? Thirty nine. April nineteenth. Oh, okay. So you're almost forty then. I suppose so. 
I suppose I'm... And you're tall enough to be 40, so, you know, why not embrace it? <laughs> yeah. 40, this is all fine. Fuck yeah. I think. The, yeah. Nobody, know, nobody's the, worried about you. The older you get, the more it makes sense that you're inaccessible as an artist. Look at Dave Chappelle. I can't look at Dave Chappelle <laughs> and that onesie. <laughs> I love the onesie. The onesie. What are you doing, Dave? Uh, I, yeah, I actually was like, are we going to talk about the Dave Chappelle special? And... Well, I, we can, but I, I didn't see much of it. I, oh, I got watched the clips. I did. I watched part of it. Okay, good. Like I watched the first part and, uh, I got to that place where his intellect, mm -hmm. uh, the river of his intellect mm -hmm. met the stream of his laziness. Yeah, I mean, my friend was saying that he just thought it was like filming a night where he was like, you know, at a three out of four or two out of four kind of vibe. And mm, I watched it. I I laughed uh, here and there. I, I mean, and he's so I, I loved watching the process. Like I kind of got what he was trying to do. I watched the whole thing. But I think that um, I don't really understand um it felt like an unfinished, like, show. Basically. Oh, no, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's brilliant. Sure, he's incredibly, yeah. incredibly intelligent. Yeah, and his and timing is just highly, and... highly sophisticated. Yeah, really. And then yeah. when we, when we, and it's like, and now my intellect is going to take a break. Right. And I'm going to say things that were, are generally not <laughs> going to be met well. I know that they will not be met well. Right. And here's how I'm going to rationalize it. Yeah. Because that's how highly evolved his intellect is. Yeah. So congratulations. Whatever mm. experiment you're conducting, it's, it it's, works. Yeah. But it's like, so fucking what? That's exactly what I said yesterday to my friend. I said it was like watching someone like show you a chemistry equation or something, <laughs> you know, like explain your work. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, OK, I get it. Like you, the, you are making fun of trans people. But the ultimate joke of it is that you do in your mind a far more offensive impression of a Chinese person, you know, in the middle of it. And it's just like, okay. I, I get that. I've. This is much better than anything along those lines that I've attempted, which I have attempted in the my, the, my, the past, you know, not in, uh, racist impressions, but just I've seen it really often, especially in like the alternative world. Right. Where people are like, how can I get away? Get with away. Saying this word with doing this thing. And it's actually in a way more craven than like a Nick DiPaolo or like someone who just is letting it all hang out. Although I think Dave Chappelle falls closer to that type than to... You know, I think what, he says things very upfront. Yeah, you know, but, and he he knows he can do that. Mm -hmm. He's got the money behind him. He's got Netflix behind him. He has a huge, massive, devoted following. Yeah, he's loved, and he makes sure to be like a good guy. You know, in in a different way than a lot of other comedians. You know, he had this big block party in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, like not a block party, but like yeah. a big benefit after the shooting. And, sure. You know, he, he no, lives in Ohio. Yeah, he, he, he on a farm. Yeah. He lives in Ohio on a farm. Yeah. Like, he lives like me. He lives like you. He lives You're like, basically Dave Chappelle. I am the Dave Chappelle without the onesie. Except <laughs> I'm don't really... have a onesie? I do, but I only wear it to the barn and back. Uh, and I'm highly... Which is a great name for your next show. I'm interested. You I'm, to the barn and back. It could, it could be the name of anything. Um, uh, I'm really... I'm particularly interested in being accessible. Do you want light? I don't care. I don't need to see me. Um, 
and I need to know what's going on. Like I need to represent me, my ethic, my ethos mm -hmm. in a way that is that, you know, supports my dignity. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what I do. I mean, I'm not interested in being ironic. Yes. Well, I, I think the irony is uh, it should just be a little a little brick in the wall. My mother's back. Oh, and she's been collecting bottles? <laughs> Probably. Well, she's got a lot she's of glass. She's that age. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare do ageist shit or you will not fucking see 40. I'm just saying the people who I see collecting bottles often um, are either plus 70 plus or have collected bottles for so long that they uh, have aged quickly. I could leave you here in your room and just walk out. It'd be no problem. I, I don't want you to do that. I'm not going to, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you could. Could you ask permission first? I would. Okay. Well, May I kill you? I <laughs> Can I snuff your life out? Um, well, you know, I'm just speaking truth to power. Oh, are you now? <laughs> You're just doing the Lord's work. That's so good. <laughs> Your heart is so big. Oh, biggest heart. Like ever, an animal heart. Like ever, a cow heart. Ever, ever. <laughs> Do cows have eight hearts? Four stomachs. No heart. One heart. Is there a band that... Is there a band? That <laughs> could be the animal? name of a band. Four stomachs, one heart. <laughs> Four stomachs, one heart. That would be... Uh, I feel like that would be a klezmer band <laughs> Do or you something. Th klezmer? <laughs> yeah. Huh? <laughs> Not a Roma band or, or Fado. What's, what's the difference? I don't know. <laughs> These are it, all Jews. They're different. Talking. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Variation. We're so close to Rosh Hashanah too. I know. So yeah, I'm gonna go to my aunt's place for it and eat rugula mm. and other things. Lovely. No babka. I don't think we tend to have babka at that one. Do you know babka? I I I know it's a sweet, is it not? Yeah, it's like a sort of chocolate rolled mm -hmm. into like challah-ish bread. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a highly desired highly comfort desired. food. Yeah? Elements of Cinnabon going on, you know, in terms of the <laughs> Elements <texture>. of Cinnabon <laughs> <laughs> went by way of the Ashkenaz and came around <laughs> the Mediterranean. Just once around the Mediterranean and back. There should be Cinnabob. That's <laughs> Cinnabob. <laughs> there you go. Accessible. Cinnabob. Or inaccessible. I don't know. <laughs> That's so close to synagogue. <laughs> Oh, even better. Yeah. The synagogue where the rabbi is like... Blesses a, the synagogue. Yeah. Blesses the synagogue. You can have a bris there. Mm. That would be weird. Nothing makes, it, nothing makes it better than a bris. Have you ever attended a bris? Never. Would you? No. It seems like attending a execution or Someone something. asked me once, and they mistook me for a, a, a Jew. Mm -hmm. I get that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, being on the other side of Semite. Yeah, I get I get mistaken, yes. and and they I was congratulating them on the birth of their son, and he leaned in sort of conspiratorially and said, "So you know the only really big question here is, should we circumcise? What do you think?" Mm -hmm. I said, "I think you should ask the child." <laughs> and they were like, "Is that like a Zen cone?" I went, "Yeah, it's a Zen cone." <laughs> so what you do is you put two diagrams of the different look. Uh, you know, or it's you kind did, of like <laughs> I would say just whisper it in the child's ear and then you know watch his reaction. I think I think all <laughs> living things have sentience. It's just not accessible to us. Yeah, that's probably true. I, I, you know what level of sentience? You know what I mean? Well, I mean they're not expected to learn our language. We should we should have the sophistication to learn theirs. Did you enjoy the movie Look Who's Talking? 
I did not see the show, the movie. <laughs> it was a show as well. The it's show, the movie. You yeah, I did not see it. Thank you. Theory. No, I was doing something else that year <laughs> with my life. This was during a very busy. It was incredibly busy. Where you were no, touring. I, I don't know. I might have been. You know, I've been. I've been, been outside just staring at shit. <laughs> Is that something you like to do? I do that a lot, yeah. That's why you live in a little uh, the, tucked, the, away <laughs> tucked away nook. Yeah. The poplar trees. Yeah. Are you, there poplars? Uh, actually, there are trembling aspens, but there are no poplars. So you live about, what, 45 minutes to an hour outside of the I city? I live an hour north and west on a farm. And the farm is, uh, there's a well? There's a well. Mm -hmm. There's a septic tank. Yeah. There's some fields. Yeah. Trees, a lot of dirt. Uh, there's a lake. There's a lake. There's a lake. How On, big is it? Uh, it's twelve acres. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's thirty-five feet deep, and uh, you can swim. Or mm -hmm. I'm not a swimmer personally, but do you dangle your feet sometimes? I do not. I'm not a not a. It's it's very very deep. It's not um, it's thirty-five feet deep. It's not. Yeah. It's it's and there's no beach kind of oh, where yeah. you can wade into it it just boom it's just right away is there uh, a dock <clears throat> no there's a there's a uh, a dam oh so it, you walk over to the dam yeah you walk over the dam and it's like instantly 35 feet are there beavers by the dam there's beavers there's osprey there's heron oh there's gosh. uh there's fish there's um trout and bass this is amazing. It's an ecosystem. Wow. Definitely. Definitely. It's great. It's beautiful. And how's the air out there? Glorious and clean and lovely. And you live there alone? Yes. With your cat? Yes. How old's your cat? Nine and a half. Oh, great. That's a great age. That's like the 39 of cats. He is so great. And mm -hmm. inter it's Except interesting. Except in cat years, it might not be 39. I think he's older than 39. But yeah. uh, intriguingly enough, as he ages, he's because he was feral when I got him. Wow. Um, and it's taken him a long, long time to warm up to me. He now actually seeks out, um, you know, being padded and you know held and he actually seeks it out now which is rare and i'm so welcoming of that mm -hmm. i love i love to like to give we're making up for lost time basically you've earned trust and love yeah it's taken nine years and so you've had him since he was a little feral kitten yeah he wasn't just a, like a cup a cup of kitten wow what's I, a feral kitten like he was born uh with the rest of his siblings in a barn that they were going to raise okay and somebody said do you want a kitten just go in there and try to grab one so i grabbed two uh -huh. and i brought them home on uh one night on us on the solstice december uh -huh. 21st uh -huh. um his brother got braver faster uh -huh. and would wander outside faster and uh -huh. decided not to come in one night and got eaten by coyote oh god but m my cat pinkerton is his uh -huh. name um he's he was he's been skittish he was so skittish, and I think that mm -hmm. attributes to the fact that he's had such a long life. So you let the cats out, but ideally you get them in by dusk. As soon as I... Dusk yeah. and dawn. Yeah, like, bef yeah. I don't let them out before... Uh, I let them out after dawn mm -hmm. and bring them in before dusk. Your uh, your area of town acquires this. Mm -hmm. The farm. That... Yeah, I'm on a coyote corridor. Oh, that's too bad. 
Well, no, they were there before me. I'm sort That's of, true. you know, You're like very ancient. Creatures. They know, yeah. They have a real scent path that they follow, mm-hmm. and and they're loud. They're bat, like they're yeah, bat. I was going to say they speak the language of the night, and they mm-hmm. really are yeah. incredibly loud. And it's mystifying. It at first it was a little bit scary, but it's more mystifying in that their yips and their yelling is mm-hmm. almost sounds like language. I think it does. I've heard it too, and it's. Uh... It, first of all, it carries wildly. Yeah, there's it, nothing to stop it. Yeah, it just keeps going, and then it's yeah, it it feels like they are really calling out to something. Mm-hmm. I think that there's something about wolves and coyotes. It, it's it's odd to me. There's like cats and dog species species of cats and dogs, wild ones that to me have like these like mystical qualities and i'm not sure why like say bobcat lynx you know that amazing one yeah for cats and a couple of jaguars maybe you know mm. and uh, but i don't really feel that as much about say lions or something i just think of them as like a predator like the king of the jungle you know mm. i don't picture them commute you know casting a spell on you you know I think if we lived with one, we might have, you know, if we lived, if I lived on a lion corridor, I might attribute a lot of mysticism to them. They fucking scared like shit, too. I don't see them much. Tigers are kind of mystical. I, yes, they are. And they, yes. I think, I think all of nature for me has a, holds a sort of, I don't know, it holds me in awe on occasion when I am, because I'm there all the, like most of my days are spent there. Um, So I get really attuned. I really get attuned to things. And, you know, I'm wondering why I'm sort of antsy. And then I look up as I'm doing the dishes and there's a big fucking full moon. It's like, and and, and I go, oh, it's you. Oh, I get it now. You know, like why I'm dropping things or bumping into things or why I'm like, want to take my skin off, like whichever. Like, it's like, ah, okay, fine. I get it. So you, maybe you have this connection to the stars and the moon and the astrological world, partly because you're in this. Well, I might be delirious too. Like alone. It could be be alone. And it could be just. It's almost like ancient people. Yeah. You know? Yep. You know? And the ancient people. I know. I yeah. I feel of like that that's time. towing the line. That's of okay. Acceptable. I'm good. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. You've really played. And did you grow up in an environment like that? I can't remember. I think we might have no. talked about this. No. Uh, when I was asked why did I buy a farm because I was raised in a rural mm-hmm. uh, landscape, I said, no, I was raised in a lunar landscape, which was Sudbury, Ontario. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, so, there are still some very lovely places in, it's in Sudbury. very lunar um but you know they've made such an effort to uh put grass everywhere and trees and so when you were growing up it was more like plain like or fields and this type when of thing? i grew up sudbury was just bare rock a mining town it was a, you know, a mining town and the and that open open uh open pit smelting had literally taken all the vegetation off the rock and so as kids, we going to school, we would literally, literally rock climb to school and back home like four times a day. So it actually was lunar. It was in fact, well, it's Precambrian Shield, which is yeah. like the oldest rock is, in the world. Is that the Canadian Shield? Part yeah, of that? Part of the yeah. Canadian Shield. I would always love driving past the Canadian Shield on the highway. It's cool. 
This is so crazy. We're driving in a car, but there's this ancient rock just right there. Yeah. And yeah, it's beautiful. Trillions of years old. Trillions. Yes. Wow. You know, they found a giant rock uh, when they were doing repairs in this neighborhood, the annex. They found a billion year old rock. No way. Outside of where the Kinkos used to be. No way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they should apparently... put a plaque on the Kinkos. <laughs> it's, it's a, I think it's a... This is the site of a, a billion year year old rock <laughs> right here. Um, yeah. It's like the Balarney stone of like the annex. <laughs> but you know, it turns out they're common. That was what it says. It's like, this is a very Toronto weird, like <laughs> taking away the sort of mm-hmm. exceptional mm-hmm. <laughs> element of yeah. billion year old rock. Yeah. Like, oh, well, they're actually quite common in other yeah. parts of Toronto. And it's like, well, that's good. Like trying to be hipper than the room. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that old billion year old rock. Ah. We got tons of those. Yeah. Literally. But one rock is actually a ton of those. So it's still just one. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, there's a big rock that they cut up from mm. a farmer's field and transported to Yorkville. Oh, That wow. big, big, there's a big rock uh, there. Uh, it's like in that sort of... Yeah, lonely, in that weird yeah. little parquette. And mm. well, that parquette is actually a lovely reprieve yeah. from the rest of Eat Yorkville. Yeah, a hot dog there. Yeah, and you know, you can watch the Lamborghinis go by. Yeah. The Lamborghini parade. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yorkville's the toniest part of uh, downtown Toronto. I love, I love that some farmer made at the time, mm-hmm. you know, $500,000 sure. for that rock. That's great. I love that. He was laughing his fucking ass off. Did like, you meet this guy? No. Did but, he sell you, know, you the farm? No. no. Is there one guy who sells farms? <laughs> no, no. But I do, hey, you know what I do have at my farm are fossils. Oh, okay. Marine well, fossils. Because... Maureen? Mm, yeah, Maureen's fossils. <laughs> and I haven't given them up Give to the family yet. Uh, <laughs> no, fucker. Maureen, if you're listening, no, Maureen's not getting advocate for no. you here. No, no, uh, my the escarpment, yeah, used to be a an ancient uh, sea. Wow. And so, um, over the years, as I'm like digging up rocks, and as spring comes and the and you know the winter heave of rocks, mm-hmm. I'll find rocks with seashells imprinted in them. Oh, that's always really cool. It's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I have a little. I've made a. I have a collection of them. Uh-huh. I have a rock collection, you like a nine-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find them. Well, I have video games everywhere here, so you know. Yeah, you didn't dig in the ground for them, though. Well, I went to some flea markets and garage sales. <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, I dug into people's brains to dig these out. Okay. People's pasts, you know. Yeah. So these, yeah, it's um, fascinating and beautiful to me. I even have a very large one. That has sea creatures. Oh, wow. Uh, fossilized sea like creatures. fish kind of stuff? No, or? they're more... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. They actually look more like chrysanthemums. Oh, that's they look so this, like... It's so crazy. Sea anemones. As, yes, yeah. but Jellyfish long. They're stuff. like long anemones. I know. Very hard word to know. Anemone. See, anem, anemone. 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 The enemy of my anemone is my friend. Yeah. <laughs> is a shark? No. What's eating the anemone? I don't know. Sea, 
horse. No, you can't eat. They can't eat. No, they can't eat an enemy. You should get a pet seahorse. Could I? I, I, think, I don't know if you, you know, can. I wanted to get, like, the back of the comic book where you get, like, the, oh, the, sea, monkeys. the, yeah, the sea monkeys. <laughs> Those are pretty underwhelming. They're krill, aren't they? They're just yeah, krill. Yeah, it's just krill. Fuck. Yeah. It's like you're suddenly basically living with, like, a cockroach farm. <laughs> nice. Of the sea. Yeah. Cockroach of the sea. Well, we eat shrimp, right? So those... Yeah, you uh, do you eat shrimp? I do not eat shrimp. I mean, I'll eat a shrimp, but I'm not. <laughs> Look at the neglect, the neglect. Oh like, ah, I'll eat one, but ah. I, I had, I know that's this is basically me where it's like, oh, you know, like it's so hard for me to feast on this. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody rub my legs Ooh, while I'm this eating is this so shrimp. Immoral of me. <laughs> immoral. What's well, that? Jewishly, it is. Ju- <laughs> Jewishly, is that a, <laughs> is that a way? Yes, Jewishly, Jewishly is a way that you can do many things. The Jewishly way? I Jewishly step out of the house looking around. I'm sure you do. Threat. I'm sure. Um, and and uh, but but yeah, uh, I I had. But you eat bacon. Bacon. I yeah, but not really. I haven't had like bacon. I don't have bacon. It's, it's the Chinese pork buns that are really the most amount of pork. Oh, but they're delicious. That's why they're so good. Barbecue I haven't had one of those buns. in ever. Well, you're in Toronto right yeah, now. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I have a few things to do while I'm here. You know, some of those pork bun places up uh, in the second Chinatown on Broadview. Really? Yeah, Broadview and what? Uh, Gerard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. That Chinatown is kind of a fun one to, to explore because it's uh, less intense and, and mm-hmm. uh, there's still lots and lots of bakeries and restaurants and, and grocery stores. And if you're listening to this and you're an entertainer, um, you know, I kind of get mad when people down talk the city because they wind up staying in hotels that are like in the city set, like, you know, Bay Street or down by the water. And there's nothing that exciting around their business, you know, food wise. And they get, oh, Toronto doesn't have this. Toronto doesn't have that. It's just like, no, that's not even nearly correct. Well, I am starting to think and you're going to laugh because this is more comparative thinking. Don't tell me what to do. I was actually talking to myself. Oh, okay. I'm, <laughs> I, I got that from the whole podcast. <laughs> right, right, that's it. The whole podcast yeah, so far. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, though. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to interrupt you. I'm trying to be. Are you? I'm trying to be. All right, yeah, go I'm ahead. Trying to be. I support yeah, you trying to be. Yeah. Um, it's. I think Toronto is almost trying to become like a cold Los Angeles. You know, an, an occasionally cold Los Angeles. I think that because of the cost of living... It's uh, opening up these areas uh, that were once either suburban, more suburban or rural or, you know, you would never visit somebody, in, you know, that are maybe 40 minute subway ride or something and, and uh, hour long subway ride. Mm. And uh, maybe this is just based on anecdotal experience because I've had the car here and I've just been driving mm. to places like Mississauga or Scarborough, mm-hmm. these sort of ex- external places and i'm like these are cool very this cool great yeah know? and i can buy so many video games here and, and that is really the litmus amazing. test of all value <laughs> all, right there yeah like in your farm area mm. i could probably get some video games shit yeah I, there's people a lot there. of people dying yeah and there's old stuff way way old way old stuff way. But i don't want the ataris you know i want the segas don't worry about it um, <laughs> i'm not going shopping for you son so don't worry about <laughs> it <laughs> Um, 
<laughs> it feels so wrong to be called that in this house. My mother is downstairs. How dare you? I can call you whatever I want. That's true. I'm this not is... going to fight your mom, though. No. I she don't. she looks like she could take me. <laughs> I think she could. Maybe She's small, but I think she fights dirty. <laughs> Probably. She'll, she, she's the kind of person who would just sort of... And I think I have this in common with her. She'd like start crying and then... You'd be like, oh, and, no. then and then stab you. Yeah, yeah, that's and dirty fighting. That's dirty fighting. <laughs> that's what you gotta do. I respect it. Yeah, but um, that's what I think is gonna happen with Toronto because it, it, it's just unaffordable in the center now. And unfortunately, I hope it doesn't impinge on the life you're leading. An no, hour out of town. You well, know? in fact, there are ways that it's already impinging on, which is uh, light pollution. I don't have the darkness like I used to. You have a cityscape. Well, more and more because Brampton is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, mm -hmm. and the GTA is getting bigger and bigger. Exactly what I'm saying, yeah. Um, but I took I took myself to task on exactly this point, mm -hmm. and I started I started making a list of all the tiny places that uh, because I follow so many people on Twitter who are actually looking for the little mom and pop roadie place or the you know the 50 you know the long-standing family bakeries mm -hmm, and yeah. i started going to yeah. them um in brampton let's say. in brampton yeah. or in scarborough or in etobicoke that's well, where i've been going too yeah that's what we've been doing we've been yeah, it's just the best yeah there's a little place i don't know if you found it but it's called the san remo bakery oh yeah Right, oh, we love that place. My family does up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the on, Italian place. Yeah, the Royal York in, Road. Oh no, actually, my mom has been there. I've been there a lot. Okay, yeah. so yeah. I went in there, and it looks like a lung. Like people are just being inhaled into it and exhaled out of it. Like people are really, like it is a destination. Oh, it's and it's so delicious. And the food was huge. Like a, yeah. it looked like a pillow of a of a sandwich for mm. nine dollars. Um, and a whole room devoted to donuts. Like, excuse me, what in the hell? So I really, I love that place. And no, I, me too. It's That's vibrant and it. interesting. And, you know, I, I actually started going there because I watched a little documentary on their 50th anniversary. Oh. And they had the original three brothers who came over from Sicily talking about how they started this tiny little shop, the mm -hmm. bakery, each one of them, you know, working with their strengths to... You know, make the business work. I'm the donut guy. And, and I'm the front of house guy. I'm the I'm meatball the, guy. Yeah, I, yeah. And, um, you know, and they prospered. Their wives then, you know, joined the business. And then, you know, children were born. And, you know, then they started working. And the, finally, as, you know, three sons were then sort of petitioned as to whether or not they would take over. And the sons said, you know, we just couldn't see anyone else do this. So yeah. they took over. And but the first generation actually are still working there. And then the second generation are just running everything. And of course, they are the ones that have had to change with the times and make things mm -hmm. a little more interesting to get in a different yeah. demographic. It's a but, modernized. Yeah. Place and it's wonderful. Deals yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I worked near there for a time and uh, that was <laughs> awesome. We would have lunch. I mean, there was almost nowhere mm. to have lunch other yeah. than there in the area. But uh it was so lucky to have such a great yeah. place around. And, and yeah, we've got all kinds of things on all those corners. So what we don't want mm. is everybody to move to those areas and somehow drive Wreck those it. places out, yeah. you know, which is always, yeah. you know, and it, it's like, that's a threat. But 
you know, life expectancy is also the threat. And <laughs> well, it is like these people who are older and have a business and then they die. It's like, yeah, their kids might want to keep it going, but they mm-hmm. also might not, you know? And then it's like, hopefully you sell it to somebody who actually can keep it going yeah. somehow. Well, but, that's what's happening with farmland. I mean, a lot of the mm-hmm. farmers are just retiring and, yeah. you know, when somebody comes up to you and says, here's $22 million for mm-hmm. your farm. Yeah. And the guy goes, yeah, why not? Of course. Because his son has, you know, his son isn't interested in farming or their daughter or son isn't interested in farming. And they usually have like six or 700 acres, which is a gargantuan amount of land. And it's, you know, with all the rezoning that has been going on, uh, you know, people are just waiting for these farmers to, you know, die and come in and Buy it from the kids. Buy it from the kids or buy it from the farmer. And so anyway, so that's what's happening. And, you know, there's it's sad. Well, this is kind of blowing my mind because that's a lot of money, first of all. $22 million? Yes. But it's even not... That's actually it, low for, it, for the amount of money. I mean, I've heard of other purchases in the $65, 75000000 million range. So I would assume if someone's spending this much on a farm, they're already... The farm's already doing very well. Uh, no, some... what's happening is that that 600 acres or whatever part of the acreage that they're going to, they're going to put in 4,000 houses. I see. So it's really just land value. So somebody exactly. Could, uh, but but what I'm going to say is like if you get 22 million dollars, suddenly you are buying a house in Toronto. So the people who are in Toronto and can't afford to uh, you possibly possibly. Least, but if you know, you've lived on or... land as long as somebody who just has lived on land all their life. Yeah. You are not going to buy in Toronto. They just don't want it. You can't. You can't have a neighbor. You can't no. have somebody up in your business. You can't, like, you've just, even now, even now when people say, so are you going to buy a condo? It's like, I don't want to see people. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want that. I, I don't want to have to deal with that. It's an anxiety making for me. Uh, and, and you said when, before we uh, were on air mm. that uh, you were, uh, very all about consent, all about yeah, I'm big fan. permission, yep. all about if you want to see somebody, you know, you don't want to run into them, you know, in, on your property. That's <laughs> fucking true. Randomly. Yeah. You don't want to walk out of the house and be like, oh, it's everyone I know, you know? Yeah. I made a big, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I make a big effort so that doesn't happen. I have that too, where sometimes I'll come, you know, I remember I like came home to someone's house when I, uh, 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 you know, uh, who I was, where I was living, and like they would have, were having a party, and I was just <laughs> like, "What? This is horrible." No, you know, there's nowhere for me to go. Everyone is like, "Oh, it's you. We know you. <sighs> Let's hang out." And I'm like, I "Can't think of anything I worse." Wasn't ready? No, I, I don't wasn't want that. Ready? I'm no. back. I just want to lie down. I want to go away from you, not near you. Yes, I want to lie down and dream of mm. my. The cat I don't have yet, that, that, uh, you know, needing my stomach. I think more than anything, the, the fundamental thinking for me is I like my choices. I like to wait. I like to make a choice to see people. I like to make a choice not to see people. And I don't want my choices taken away from me. Mm-hmm. So that's what living out there allows me. If I and frankly, if I. Uh, I'm in charge of my own entertainment. Like it, like my, um, 
my daily needs are are squarely in my hands. And if I am neglectful of me, then I'm neglected. If I if I don't take care of me, I am not I am not on my side. Like it it's yeah. very immediate. These things are very immediate there. It's not like I can go and I can uh, um, take my or distract myself with, you know, the, the nearest cafe. If I mean, it's, I got a 20 minute drive so to the nearest cafe. A level of honesty with yourself that you're trying to establish by just sort of uh, being in a situation where you can't um, escape into, let's say, another person. Yeah, or a uh, distraction of any kind. I mean, there it sounds like these fossils are a distraction, but, you know, they, they're like a good kind. <laughs> well, they don't really talk. You're so. also on the net. I am on the net, um, and that it. I do love it. Yeah, and it is it is a concern on rainy days, yeah. where I will just sit and watch endlessly until the Netflix thing says, "Are you still watching?" <laughs> it's like, shut up! I am. I yeah. You're not the boss of me, Netflix. By the way, if I can make a comedy special recommendation, because I don't just want to talk about. Um... Dave Chappelle, mm -mm. Bill Burr, and all this stuff. I don't. Uh, frankly, I mean, I don't really like uh, weighing in too hard with an opinion when I know people like you and I, anyone who does this sort of work, you're so obsessed with the process that you see. Mm -hmm. So, like, what we saw was this like weird alchemy that you know Chappelle was trying to make a potion that maybe didn't quite work, you know, and didn't you know it yeah. just uh, blew up the uh, science lab at school but not even i wouldn't even go that far like because it's his work i'm staying that way so it's easier for me to say yeah and i don't care exactly. to be honestly to be honest here i don't actually care because i don't have to watch him i can make choices not to i can make choices to watch something else or hear someone else or support someone else those are all kinds of things that are all in my purview. Well, like, that's what I'm kind of getting at. This is, is you know, this is me. I wanted to me. recommend a special by, uh, you know, a, a gay man who is like a, in the U.S. who's like a El Salvadorian immigrant who was fighting to get an 01 and he wound up getting it and then he got a job writing on Saturday Night Live, Julio Torres. And he is such a special talent. I remember I did a show he was on uh, years ago hmm. in New York and I was like, who's this guy? He's calling himself Julio Julio. And oh, that's I was cool. like, this guy, he came, showed up in like a silver suit. I was like, this guy's cool. And and he also like, just like the perfect New York comic uh, is someone who shows up and then they leave because they're going to some other show. You know, that's how I, it, it, it's, it's just like, that's the process there if you're sort of doing it. And uh, he did a special for HBO called My Favorite Shapes that, oh. that I found, it's so stylish. I think it's almost the most stylish comedy special i've ever seen like it is, is it on our uh, canadian it's on Netflix? hbo oh hbo uh, so okay. the crave kind Pardon of me. thing yeah and um he's got a conveyor belt in front of him he's in this awesome outfit it's it's a one person show cool uh more than it is necessarily a traditional stand-up show but it it is stand you know it, it's funny it's funny like it's so funny and we i haven't even watched all of it I just remembered we, we were watching TV late and it came on. I was like, this guy's funny. We should check this out. Yeah. I didn't even know he had a special. So he watched like maybe 30, 40 minutes of it. And it was just like a breath of really fresh air mm. because it, it also was expressing his perspective and his mindset 
and his absurd love of absurdity and it wasn't about any it, anything it wasn't directly about anything that's going on right now hmm. you know but it was just the existence of it was the you know was was statement enough in a way you know yeah i i think the you know there's a big enough spectrum i think there's a big enough spectrum there's a big it's you know it's the thing where if i have an audience it doesn't mean you don't have an audience it's like there's yeah. a everybody has their audience everybody has do the i oper- I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Is that why you were reticent about coming on? I'm not reticent. I actually, I didn't know what we would talk about. And I said, you and know. so far we haven't shut up. So, no, yeah, yeah. okay. So that's obliterated that concern. Mm-hmm. And the T was good. So Good, good. See? Tetley. See, can't beat it. Sponsored by Tetley. This show has been sponsored by Tetley. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I would rather everybody watch that everybody talked about that mm. than necessarily got in the weeds with yeah um i which i understand what he is or what he isn't sure but i just mean with these specials yeah of people that's they what don't i mean. like you know yeah mm-hmm. and or but they're not people they don't like they're in the end it's people the people who are getting criticized someone like dave chappelle most people love dave chappelle so when they if you're a trans person and you see this or you're a survivor of like sexual abuse or anything and you happen to not have that perspective uh, well that rueful perspective you know that you shouldn't be expected to have that some people have and so people's level of processing people's way of processing is all different so uh yeah it's definitely his perspective is definitely unimpinged upon yeah yeah, as far he, as we know. He, he hasn't been sexually abused, as far as I know. He hasn't been beaten, as far as I know. Maybe he has. Maybe. I mean, I don't I, know. I've always thought that this new, um, his his return, his Netflix return, a lot of his point that he's been trying to make is that discrimination, claims of discrimination have been co-opted by white people, even if they're co- within marginalized groups. Well, That's, yeah. And that... Uh, and, there uh, is that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to disagree with yeah, you there. Yeah. I mean, so, so, you know, we have evidence in the, you know, uh, straight pride parade. Straight pride parade. Straight pride. And, you know, uh, the 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 quote unquote, some men, you know. Yeah, sure. But uh, and then you go, but caveat. white women, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, that's why his joke was still harsh and so amazing on his first special where, in my opinion, where he goes like, you know, white women, yeah, you know, like here you're they're all mad. It's like, but you were you were in on the heist, you just don't like your tick. <laughs> you know, it's just like I didn't get the joke, but Well, he was just saying white American women, you know, oh, were yeah. claiming oppression. It's like you're yeah. you were part of it. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you were in on the heist, you just yeah. don't like your take. Yeah, you know? that Which that is... that elitism like that is the the blind spot of mm-hmm. you know, entitlement. Yeah. That's the blind spot of entitlement. Mm-hmm. So I mean mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's you're right, and we've been talking about that for a very long time. I know now. we can move. It's starting on. to get sleepy. I know it's such a boring topic. I know, but more, it's exhausting. It's more such an exhausting. Yeah. Topic. Hi, friends. Well, it's that time of the episode again. This is the part where I say thank you for listening to my interview with Sandra Shamus, the uh, legendary, applauded-worthy comedian and raconteur, Sandra Shamus. And uh, if you are enjoying the interviews I do on the show, we've had Scott Thompson, Kara G, Chris Locke, 
uh, Gilson Lubin, lots of different people, lots of uh, excellent people. And uh, if you want to help me do it, the best way to do it, first of all, subscribing, rating, and reviewing it is awesome. Making the podcast visible, tweeting about it, Facebookery, joining all the pages, etc. Easy to find, weirdly named podcast. Writing me and saying you're enjoying the podcast at weeklypodcast at gmail.com makes me feel super. Or asking me a question, I'll answer it on air. But if you want to do a financial support, that would be really awesome because the more of that I get, the more I can focus on the podcast. And if you want to just do a one-time thing, co-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan, ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan, this gives 100% of the amount that you give to me. There is no fee. There is nothing. So that is a great way to do it. And uh, the other thing you can do is patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan, which is a monthly means of monthly support. And uh, I always am very thankful. The most recent person is uh, Ryan, and uh, I really appreciate your support. So, uh, yeah, do it. Or don't. There is no pressure here, but uh, it helps. And even if you can't, I'm going to keep doing this. So... Uh, Let's go back to that interview with Sandra Shamas. Oh, and if you subscribe on Patreon, you get the episodes without me telling you to join the Patreon. Okay, Sandra Shamas, check it out. Well, what inspires you? What is what if you were to talk about right now would give you a second quit? Probably. Uh, if I turn this light off. Uh, yeah, maybe that because it's warm. Oh, yeah, thank you. I, I didn't realize. Um, I don't know what's inspiring me right now. Uh, the change in the weather is inspiring me. How's this? The cooler, totally actually, yeah, light. it's good. Yeah, Backlit, like yeah, yeah, it's very dramatic. Mm -hmm. um, the change in the weather. Um, my my immediate concerns are like I hope I get enough heat to ripen my tomatoes. I have tomatoes in my garden and they're like hard green balls, and I'm like worried. I'm worried to be honest with you. I'm like. Come on. Do you Just, talk to them? I don't. Well, I have. We do have. Yes, we have conversation. I'm giving you sunshine. No, not I'm at all. You rain. No, it's not up to me. Uh, but um, yeah, the garden has been a. It's been a concern. Um, I'm also. I am also writing, and that this next show, this next show that is coming in, you know, at the most unbelievable times when I'm it's always has to do with water I'm either doing the dishes taking a shower I'm like you know what am I supposed to bring in a space pen and start writing on the, on the bathroom from the bathroom stall wall Howard Stern does I read his, I had his book <laughs> he said he's always working and that he has a waterproof oh, pen fuck. and okay. board or something in the yeah. bathroom to take okay a whiteboard on. yeah maybe so I think you should do that okay um, yeah, so I'm writing and I'm worried about these tomatoes and, um, and preparing for winter, like preparing for winter. This is, is a real concern. These are concerns. Yeah. Like I have to load in wood. I have to, you know, cause I'm living on a farm and I heat my home with fire, with wood. Yeah. Uh, mostly. And you know, I've got a stack of wood in the barn and. Do you have a butler? I do. No, I don't have a butler. <laughs> that would be a funny thing if it was just this whole time you were like, I have a person. There was a personal you know chef what? And a servant listening. You know to what? This Very like, Okay, you know, you know Walden, Walden Pond yes. by Henry. I was wondering if we talked about that. The Henry last time Thoreau. Right? Yes. So what we what we don't know is not mentioned in yeah. Walden, 
is that his mom made him lunch every day. Because <laughs> the, the hut he was living in was on their property. <laughs> and his mom brought him a basket of food every day. So, fuck off. Mother Earth. Yeah. He was living off Mother Earth. Yeah, so his whole, you know, like that back to the land and the yeah. whole, you know, was like, uh, it was not... I mean, he w he wasn't even feeding himself. There's this is uh, the story of men. <laughs> no, the story of men is uh, when I went to Lebanon last summer, and uh, at every UNESCO World Heritage site we visited with this archaeologist on a tour, uh, <laughs> she would tell this very fabulous story, and we'd be standing amongst these ruins, and it was like all epic and amazing. And then at one point, she would say. So yes, the prince was here, and one year, his brother came, and they had an argument, and a war broke out. Like almost in, like at every place where there had been, you know, uh, ancient ruins. So two no. men argued, and a war broke out. That's that's the story of so men. What would the female equivalent to this be? Do you believe? What? what oh. I don't know why I had a jubilee. Oh, and then and then twenty years later, all the women were single for like because they, you know, and the population, the birth rates went down because all the men were dead. But when women fight, does it lead to a war? What does it lead to? It's no not it's, talking. They're not talking. They're not talking. But also, because we're not allowed to war. Okay. You know, uh, we go for the scheming. Oh, backbiting Macbeth kind of yeah thing. that kind of thing we're not i and that's not my way actually i'm not i personally i'm not a schemer i'm mm -hmm. i think it just takes up way too much energy i'd rather come out at you yeah, and, you know, need to have one of those like whiteboards and you need to know algebra no i don't yeah or your family tree so i can you know <laughs> uh so there's a kind of thing where i'm like uh yeah this historically as a race and as i this kind of harkens back to we're bad guests on mother earth you know mm. like we are we're not the best. We're not the best to each other, and we're not the best to her, for sure. Well, what's so frustrating about that, to me, mm. is the... Which, that, put a noun in there. <laughs> yeah, that sentence What that? What that? Is that they're pointing? What at what? <laughs> that, but it, people are often saying this statistic on things that I listen to, uh, that, you know, if the general public reduced our carbon footprint, all of us did... And mm. we took every everybody took every care mm. that would only be 30 percent of the problem. And the other 70 percent relates to industry and mm -hmm. three specific industries, I mm -hmm. believe, and corporations. And I, I get very confused when I think about that statistic, because part of me says, well, that doesn't mean we shouldn't take out 30 percent of it. But, well, you know, <laughs> you know? I, I mean, I mean, that's like hearing somebody say, "I'm not buying a lottery ticket because it's only seven million this week." Right? Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. sixty-nine million this week. It's like, dude, you know, <laughs> yeah, like it's seven million a million million. more than you. It's seven million more than you have right now. I mean, I, I, I'm using that as a very loose, uh, you know, example. But I mean, if we were able to reduce anything by thirty percent. I'd be all for that. Not my popularity. I can't even afford, but, but, but that would be but, um, 30% of 2% of, <laughs> you know. I'll be here all week. Try the veal. <laughs> Tip your waitress. Don't try the veal. No. If you care about the environment. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay, that's and right. And you know what? Don't tip your waitress until they get a fair wage. Oh, my Protest God. Their, the tip industry by that's not right. tipping your waitress. Oh, my God. Um, so many minefields. <laughs> yeah. So lots many of mine, minefields. Lots of minefields. But that would lead me to a question where you wonder if, okay, let's say the 30% does the uh, does the, what we're supposed to do, which is... Or not alleviate happen, somewhat. But but truly it would be maybe if we're lucky 15% of the world because, you know, are the other 15 going to just, they'll be the contrarians. They'll just I don't like, know what's going on there. Yeah. Okay. You see what I'm saying though? Sure. It's, it's like, not everybody's on the same not page. Not everyone's going to be on board. But yeah. let's say the 30% do. Is that going to influence the corporations to then do it? Or if the corporations do it, do they influence the 30%? My guess would be the latter. Generally speaking, I think most action happens as a result of domestic pressure. That's true. So if the people do it first. Yeah. If the people just opt out of what, you know, uh, of whatever industry or I don't know. I'm just saying like the Vietnam War was, in fact, ended by domestic pressure. It was an opt out. It was hitting unsubscribe on an email on a large scale. In person. In person. Like bodies showed casualties. up. Yeah, bodies showed up. It was like Ron Kovic being like, yeah. please unsubscribe. Or, okay, or you know what's happening in China right now. That's amazing. I mean, that's a, this is, there's some worldwide stuff going. There on. is, and I, you know, I'm I'm actually heartened by all of that. Yeah, and they're singing the Star Spangled Banner. The protesters, they're they're. Well, they're better Americans than what's happened they're all about democracy it's just not the star spangled banner right now it's not it's not the statue of liberty it's not the star spangled banner no. it's uh it's it's amazing uh don't a, bring me your poor <laughs> don't bring me your unwashed don't don't bring me your washed by floods no don't don't bring me don't don't, don't. yeah basically just that's don't. america <laughs> don't bring me nothing don't and if you uh, and if you leave, if you leave and you're the wrong color you're not coming back yeah, I mean, I, I you were asking about about do I miss it, uh, Los Angeles? It's not that I miss it, but you know, doing this, I've just always felt doing a lot of different, excuse me, things that have global uh, outposts like punk rock. You know, oh, like, okay. like there's my band was known to let's say five thousand, ten thousand people when we were active, but those 10,000 people would be like spread across the entire world. So mm. you could go anywhere and it would almost be like, welcome. Yeah. You know? Nice. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so I never had that view of the world as this, I, I, I overly bordered thing, you know? Okay. Um, and, uh, plus if you're doing commercials every once in a while, they'll like fly you somewhere to do the ads. So yeah. you also feel like, okay, I'm here now, you know? And uh, you make friends everywhere. So I just never thought of it as this. I always thought of it as a welcoming thing. And I want to mm. be in the place where some of my friends are, you know, and mm -hmm. I want to leave. And so it's like, yeah. And, and now that's an uh, that's a testament. That is a testament to your personal accessibility. Yes. And my privilege and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but so it's a very personal response but you know a lot of the time everything is coming from personal place absolutely you i'm know. you know i'm not i'm not condemning i'm simply yeah no that, that's the fact you know and, and that's uh something that i i just have never really been able to square with uh the the moods of the time you know it's just just this sort of closed border but it's it's people 
it's people not wanting to lose their culture, I guess, you know? Like, I think it's people not wanting to lose their lives. Yeah, how so? Well, because most of the people who are moving mm -hmm. are doing so because their lives have been threatened. I mean, if they're immigrating illegally to a country, you would have to think that there was a good reason. There is only one reason, and that's not to lose your life. You think so? Um, I, I don't know what would make... Be on an existential level, in terms of economically you're you know you're there's a lot of ways there's a lot area. of ways you can lose your life yeah and i mean i think you are motivated to leave your home when there is a particular intersection of all of those factors and mm -hmm. you know um just before i came here i was watching something on the interweb of mm -hmm. um a group of uh, performers clowns minds jugglers who visited a um refugee camp in england and they did so because they just wanted to play with the kids because mm -hmm. the children have nothing to do. They're simply intense with nothing to do. So these, you know, madcap people uh, go into a particular place and within a few minutes are, you know, leading the children in song. They're juggling for the kids. They've got them playing tag. They've got them ring playing ring around the rosy. Children are instantly remembering how to play, mm -hmm. where up until that point, it may have been months, maybe years before they were actually involved in a communal, joyful activity. I was re I was listening to a podcast where I think somebody was talking about having a similar experience to that, even though it, it was more of a due to having a bad family situation. But they were like, it wasn't until I was you know six and I went to my friend's house that they were like, do you want to play? And I was like, I don't. What is that? Know how to play. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've heard about playing. Sure, I'll sit here while you play. Yeah. So. No, so I think that there's, you know, there's these are dire. There's a lot of dire. You know, there are a lot of things that are going on that are squelching our humanity right now. But what is your show about? My show is uh, about the next, you know, the next step in life. It's, you know, um, it's. Right now, the working title is Beyond the Pale mm -hmm. and that it's a it's an unmarked territory that is uh, rarely spoken of, which is what happens to your life after after menopause, after right. 60, after like what happens? Because, you know, ostensibly, I'm actually invisible. You shouldn't be able to see me <laughs> at all. No, um, I can see you. I see, I see you. I see you. You are seen. <laughs> I see you. And, uh, and the, you know, there's a majority, there's a huge demographic of human beings going through this uh, phase of life. Mm -hmm. um, so what does that all mean? And how, is, how are we navigating that? As a lot of people who, as you were speaking to me earlier, are now the adult children and they are caregiving to their family members. Right. There's a lot of that going on. Um, yeah. None of us are prepared for that. No. Um, what the fuck? We were not taught. How are we? How are we to? So we are leaning on a lot of external um, resources. A lot of people online. You know what to do. Aging parents. Yeah. Um, we're dealing with parents who are you know have dementia. We're dealing with the responsibility of literally having their whole life handed to us. Yeah. Um, and how do we proceed? Um, 
and you know there are there are a lot of mitigating factors there that have to be considered um also our own health our own you know our like how are we walking through this next 10 years because because of your knees yeah if i like and ankles and hips and um and what you know and what's you know obviously it's so it's you know it's so weird and I'm sure you've experienced this. It was when somebody says, you know, what's your show about? What are you working on right now? Mm-hmm. It's not fucking funny. Like none of it is funny. So, <laughs> you know, um, the th- because I think all comedy has its root in drama and conflict. Ideally. And, I mean, but ideally it's got that structure. Going I would on. hope so. Yeah. Um, but as you work it, as you are working through the material, mm-hmm. it's like there's a purification process in my mind that starts to elevate that drama into the echelon of comedy or humor. So that if you can, if you can create an accessibility sufficient for an audience to identify with the material, mm-hmm. um, that alone is enough to stimulate an audience's response. Yeah, you know, identification and relatability uh, bring about laughter so often, mm. you know, and... And, and uh, I'm fine with that. Like, yeah. I don't need it to be high octane. Like, I don't need, uh, need you know, I, like some sort of like royal British wave of humor. Like, I, uh-huh. I love, I love that we are laughing about the same thing in the same way. Well, and it also has to do with shared experience Mm. bringing about uh, like i wonder what that kind of laughter is because i think there's some people who do want more of uh or do do argue that comedy is more about you know pure joke or you know something except if you were to go to old older stuff like bob newhart or or even like i'm trying i'm trying to think of stand-up like jewish stand-ups oh like they're the relatability is like we're talking about centuries of religion yeah you know just in the style of what they're doing well the funniest thing delivery. is like you know slapstick yeah and slapstick I, being like mm-hmm. you don't even have to speak right yeah you don't have to fucking talk like somebody yeah. you know he falls over we all laugh we're not happy like we shouldn't be mm-hmm. but we are we and all relate to the time we fell over yeah and it was funny yeah or actually it's more in my mind it's like i'm glad that's not me right you know right you're laughing at an icon, an avatar, rather than a real person falling. Yeah. But at some point, comedy yeah. became laughing at a real person falling. You know, it's like I, internet I, comedy is that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, where it's like, yeah, people watch the amount of people I talk to who love to watch like, you know, videos of people on subways fighting and you know buses fighting, trains fighting, planes. Fighting. Really. Oh, yeah. That's fly on the wall shit, though. I'm talking about when you're sitting in an audience. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. when you're standing in front of an audience um, about the craft of what you have to what I mean, the responsibility of my responsibility is to craft that material in in such a way that we are all on the same page. Well, this is a question I am going to relate it to my own uh, experience here, but it's just. I feel like I'm still learning well, you know, when do you stop? Like you always yeah. are. Like the material is as. Uh, in fact, this material is daunting. Like this material has. Has me by the short and curlies, as they say, <laughs> because it has to be done in such a refined way. It has to be done in such a compassionate, empathetic way. 
that I can't, I can't phone it in. Like I, I have to bring everything that I have ever brought to my work, plus whatever I don't know yet to this work so that, because my job is to be better than I was the last time. That's my job. Are you pretty happy with every show Mm. you've done? Yeah. And that has to do with, you think, the care that you put into doing these shows? It's, it is a reflection of me working at the top of my intelligence f- at that time. Mm-hmm. And with every show, I learn more. And with every experience, and as I grow through this life, I am learning more. Sometimes I look back. I mean, on the occasions where I look back on some of my work, I don't do it often. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I, oh look at that. Oh. Yeah. There's kind of like a, oh, I didn't know what I know now. Right. And or... I would have, um, but I leave it. I don't judge it because I was work. As I say, I give myself the credit that I was due at that time that I knew what I knew as well as I did. And I gave that everything I had. Do you ever, when you do these intermittent VCR based, uh, <laughs> revisiting yeah. material, what the fuck? I'm so insulting. Um, you're like I do watch it on. No, they're all, they're all. No, no, they're all. They're all online. They're on. They're on. They're on the. They're on the interweb now. Sonny. Did you put them up or they on your website? Yeah, they're on a web. No, they're on my YouTube site. Watch Sandra Thomas's YouTube site. Yeah. For to get a. I sense. mean, it's not. It's not very sophisticated. They're just all on there. Like yeah, there's yeah, like two I, hours. I love all these clips. I've, yeah. I've watched them. They're, I haven't watched two hours. But, yeah, you see. But I've watched a lot. I know because yeah. I mean, had I if I finesse it properly then that would just start clipping making clips and then yeah. that would you know anyway be doesn't, really good, but doesn't matter we can't get into the not today the the, the not today social Satan. media stress that we all no have. i don't want to do that um in fact i'd like to read this to you what are um, we reading now well you enjoyed the epictetus uh thing i posted how, on wait, how is the pronunciation epictetus epic epictetus epic epic epictetus um, I started learning Latin uh-huh. on a l- l- free learning uh, language site called Duolingo. Yes. So I'm. I've just started reading. I've started learning Latin. So I, maybe I'll get to figure out how to pronounce it eventually. I put. Um, I, I I took Latin for quite some time in in high school. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember much of it, but I remember really liking it. It will have a real conversation in it. Like, no, we're not. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. Felix Key. Rerum potuit cognoscere causas. Really? That means happy is the person who knows the reason for things. Oh, that's interesting. So, I'm I'm still at I'm still at like uh, soror domi right, dorit. Well, domit. I only know what that last sentence was because it was my school motto. Oh. I mean, that's, mine, mine I never is... thought I would say the word my school motto. That little sentence is the sister sleeps at home. <laughs> I remember reading the Latin books I read were these sort of uh, the the workbooks, that is. Yeah. They told the story of this couple and their dog and nice. their child. Yeah, super nice. Except they lived in Pompeii, and basically the end of the story <laughs> is lava covering them. <laughs> so, 
So that's Canada. We love to hurt people's feelings in our education. This is the last scene in the book of they're looking at real estate in Herculaneum. <laughs> I think we should the... move, honey. <laughs> um, okay. So this is one that is a different thing than what I put on uh, Instagram. So I don't and and what, ever what been... inspired you to choose this one? Before because I've been it. obsessed with this particular uh, piece of writing, advice, quotes, parable, whatever yeah. it is, uh, since reading it. because, And I thought it does apply to you because you've um, intentionally sort of placed yourself in a situation where you are self-sufficient mm. and uh, dependent on yourself in a way for uh, staying entertained and mm-hmm. checked in and all mm-hmm. this stuff. So, okay. so let's try this. Go ahead. Exercise caution when mingling with others. <laughs> One of two things will happen when you socialize with others. You either become like your companions or you bring them over to your own ways. Oh. Just as when a dead coal contacts a live one, either the first will extinguish the last or the last kindle the first. Great is the danger. So be circumspect on entering into personal associations, even and especially lighthearted ones. Most of us do not possess sufficiently developed steadfastness to clear our companions, to steer our companions to our own purpose. So we end up being carried along by the crowd. Our own values and ideals become fuzzy and tainted. Our resolve is destabilized. It's hard to resist when friends or associates start speaking brashly. Caught off guard when our associates broach ignoble subjects. We are swept along by the social momentum. It is the nature of conversation that it's multiple meanings, innuendos, and personal motivations move along at such a fast... It's like I'm not saying words at this point, right? No, (laughs) no, I'm listening to every word. It is the nature of conversation that it's multiple meanings, innuendos, and personal motivations move along at such a fast clip, they can instantly shift in unwholesome directions, sullying everyone involved. Mm. So until wise sentiments are fixed into you Mm. as if they were instinct, and you have thus acquired some power of self-defense... Choose your associations with care and monitor the thrust of the conversations in which you find yourself. That is fantastic. That's what I'm saying. And that's, that's social media. Fantastic. I mean, that's Holy I can't shit. stop thinking of that as like Twitter on a whole, you know, when it becomes that mass. Yeah. You know, when uh, I used Instagram. To, I, I used to call that um, assuming the shape of your container. Because <laughs> you'd, you'd see it. And I'm sure... I mean, a very quick example is that when a lot of times when I'm around, <laughs> when I'm around other people, uh-huh. uh, they will start swearing more. Because you swear. Because I swear. Yeah. And so right away, like, it's like open season on fuck. Earlier like, today, you did use the F word fuck. And then I <laughs> reflected it. Yeah. But neither of us has said it since. Oh, yeah. Well, cause, Until now. Well, you know, we're, it's it's. Yeah. I mean, but a lot of times. I've heard from other audience members, you know, I brought my, I brought my I brought my mom to your show uh-huh. and for the next three days she was swearing <laughs> really. We had to like we couldn't keep our kids near her like she was because she was given permission in a way that right. she had never been given before just to, you know, say whatever the fuck she wanted in a way that she wanted to say it. Well, now we're talking about the real influence that comedians have on society. Aren't yeah, we? because you know? that is. I mean that that what would we call that that paragraph or the and that reading I know I didn't know what to call the it the reading and now verse. and now a reading um is is very adroit it's very to a point yeah. and so 
I don't know if we as people are actually schooled in maintaining our own dignity and integrity and, 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 and policing it so that we are not swept away by other people. I think that uh, in a way, maybe society is not built like that. that Certainly not. You know, it's not built where everyone should have that right, you know, or, you know, it's almost more important, I think, to in order for uh, people to remain uh I don't want to say controlled, but like a part malleable, malleable in a society so that the society can contain them yeah, in the it, shape of the container. Yeah. Yeah. It's you like know. gap everyone in chinos. Right. You know, I'm wearing uniform, and there you have, there's, the, yeah. there's your gap pants right there. I don't have gap. I've, I've okay, never easy, really liked gap. Easy, easy, take it easy. But, I'm just using it as an example. I mean, you don't live downtown, but if, if you go around Toronto and you see the young people, like young hip kind of thing like everyone has back of thigh tattoos you've probably seen this going to comedy bar back of you know, thigh tattoos the backs of their thighs and calves are covered in tattoos men wear these tiny fisherman hats in the winter that don't cover fisherman toques or whatever in the winter how are they don't you seeing the back ears. of people's thighs and everyone's wearing these tiny shorts that's the other trend <laughs> short shorts are back butt cheeks jesus I know that's he'd love it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Because he, he could make them have pants. You I know, don't. He'd change. He'd do his magic. How did you get a tattoo of pants? Like <laughs> someone probably does have a tattoo of like pants. Denim you know? with like yeah. like the seams down the side zipper on, the, on the, the zipper and everything. <laughs> that's nice. But uh, little Levi's on the on the ass. Yeah, and and so maybe that's a safe adaptive. You know, I, I think that the one thing about right. these sort of I see statements is that there is more nuance than, than they... So tribe mentality. A tribe mentality is probably necessary for survival, you know, but... So uh, what's the threat? Well, the threat is if the tribe decides someone is bad, no, erroneously, so, so or something, or even really... And ostracized. They, they approach with no forgiveness, you know, and... and uh, no, no potential for forgiveness. And, and that's uh, sometimes where I think we're at, especially on social media, because everyone's stressed that, as you said, may actually be climate change based mm. or moon based. or so, something. So are we looking for the validation for our our in for our uniqueness by being in a group by seeing it reflected? Wow. So it's always outside, right? It's always going to be External it'll rise validation. and fall depending on how uh, on how well the out the other people view you yeah which is i think probably the most stressful thing possible it is always depending and, and i feel that uh pressure you know because especially doing this it's hmm. i am doing it for myself in a sense i'm doing it to have these kinds of conversations and i'm not having this conversation to with you to i'm hoping the audience enjoys it and learns something and I always really enjoy talking with you. Hear them, that so audience? You better fucking learn something better here. Learn something from us. But Get from on Sa it. Sandra. There'll be notes taken. There'll Notes. be a pop quiz. Yes. What is her new show about? Yeah. But uh, you tell me because I love to <laughs> she know. She needs to know. I need to know. Uh, yeah. So so I. But at the same time, I can't deny that I am hoping, you know, that they do like it and that they do like me. And when I do stand up, that they get where I'm coming from. I mean, yeah. it's funny. We sort of talked about no one, uh, you know, knowing what I'm doing, but that's a very frustrating thing for me. And because, but, the, but 
also frustrating is that I have a dual nature where I'm totally fine with doing something that isn't understood because I kind of instinctually, primordially mm-hmm. know why I'm doing this. Oh, you know? okay. Well, then you only have to answer to yourself in that respect. And maybe I don't like it when I t- after I do it. <laughs> you know, is that... So, so, but here's a question. Mm-hmm. So you are not this podcast. No, I can't. Your essential self is not this podcast. My essential self is just a person in the room talking to you. Mm-hmm. And there's a computer on. Right. Yeah. Which has already has intrinsic value. <laughs> With the eyebrow up and everything. You didn't see that, but it was like... Uh, I don't know, That's Sandra. The thing I'm trying to. Uh, yeah. This is the uh, self-esteem. Is there another quote in Epictetus we wish should yeah, be reading? There probably is. He says, like, you know. You know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I will say. I will say this more compassionately: that every individual, by virtue of the fact that they are breathing, uh, have an intrinsic dignity and end value. This and is something and, he actually does say in, his, in that oh, book. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So you are. So right. I should be dating Ecotitis right now. You know, he was a slave and and actually rose to be a philosopher. Well, but that and, you could do that in ancient Rome. Well, he also happened to have someone who thought he was so smart, who, you know, his master or whatever, yeah. and sent him to a good school. Well, that know? yeah. I've been I've been doing a lot of research on Rome lately. What with the like, that's what inspired the Latin. Ah. But what happened is that Rome, because it was a conquering country, mm-hmm. it kept bringing people into Rome. And what you could do as a slave was work your way up to citizenship. Right. So the it wasn't uh, freedom. Yes, absolutely. But also the goal was to be a citizen of Rome. And as a result, Rome was a, a million. There were a million people of every possible well, every country they conquered was uh, represented in Rome. Wow. So Epictetus was clearly one of those people. And the uh, slave owners, obviously, in mm-hmm. this case, uh, saw the potential and encouraged it. Yeah, his master uh, sent him to this place. but And then the emperor did not trust the rise of philosophers. And he expelled them mm. from Rome. So he spent the rest of his life uh, essentially as a lecturer at a school in a Greek island. And, uh, you know, that's what's going to happen to all the people living in expensive cities. <laughs> We're going to be expelled. I don't even know how the fuck you made that kind of a leap, man. Yeah, is that a good leap? I have no leap? idea because, like, I was on a Roman, I was on a Greek island, and then suddenly everybody in a condo was like, what, what, what? <laughs> You know, everybody on their phone going, do you know what's going on? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. In, 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 were you in a Greek island? Or? No, yeah. I'm just saying that was oh, a pretty some, big leap there. I Sometimes I make these big leaps. You should take people with you, you know. I'm like, trying to. Have to. You know, it's nice to have company when you're Come thinking. Come with me. I was trying to. Okay, let's break down how I got there. I don't really need to have the breakdown. <laughs> but well, let, this is the conundrum. The, you know, but let's get back to, I'd love to get back to, you know, how one... De- you know, depends on oneself to um, secure your own autonomy, to assure yourself that you have value and that you are relevant. Like mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things that everybody challenges. Our, our cha- you know, I'm challenged by that. Yeah. And I, I, and in when I am, I do not want to think critically about my mindset. That's the last thing I want to do. I want someone else to do it for me. Uh So that's the first bell that goes off. 
The second I hear, I want someone else to do whiny, I want someone else to do it for me, is my cue to give me the thing that I want from someone else or in an external, um, something from an external. Uh, do you speak in a different voice? No, so you no, I'm not at the festival. <laughs> I'm not at your festival of my, of, in your mind. My brain fest. Your brain fest. The I wasn't there. Going on yeah, there. yeah. It's more like Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, you know, sure. too many things. Raining, uh, it's too rainy. Every day the same. Yeah, yeah more haggis. More haggis? No More things. haggis. Less yeah. haggis. Here's a flyer. Come to my show. <laughs> yeah, a lot of flyering. A lot of flyering. But yeah. anyway, so so you do this, and you you you, you take you make you really force yourself to actually address uh, your own issues. Yeah. And not involve others in that struggle. Well, I I eventually I might like uh, I might eventually, but n not until text I text me anytime. Not. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen um i think once i have it organized like once i can see the beginning and the middle uh -huh. i know i may not have the end of it but i can see what my behavior is the way my thinking is um i'm one of those people who you know if i can make a list of what is wrong that's my to-do list uh-huh so i'm like that like i I know I'm I'm smart enough. I have enough resources, and I have enough time mm -hmm. to sort my shit out. Again, a, a wonderful thing about the structure you've created is that because, it, you know, it's a year after just over 10, 15 months or something since I came back, and I'm just now feeling like, okay, I can kind of take the bull by the horns, you know, and. Yeah, sometimes the, it's as simple to you know, I, bull by the horns is is pen to paper. Yeah. Like, it's just, okay, what do I need to do? And what doesn't serve me anymore? Mm -hmm. Because we are really creatures of such habit. And we love our habits. We this is more stuff he says in that God, God damn, why isn't yeah. he alive right now? Um, <laughs> so when we are, when I take myself to task and say, well, it's, I mean, it, it becomes very, very evident very quickly when something isn't working for me anymore because it's just not, I just don't get the same bump. Uh, mm -hmm. It could be a person yeah. where I have, you know, Sorry about that. what did you do? Oh, I thought that it was me. Yeah, because me. everything is fucking about you. Everything is fucking about me. And uh, it could be a person or a relationship or a method, a method that just doesn't have the same spark. But I've been doing it for so long, I argue to no one in particular because I live alone. But, you know, I have to face the fact that I'm not enjoying it or it isn't bringing me the same kind of uh, pleasure and I need to change my way of thinking. Yeah. But yeah. to what, right? To what? To what? And I don't like question marks, but the, the, uh, the deal is if I can make the assessment, then I have to be willing to be uncomfortable for a while. Yeah. And make sure that I'm moving forward through that discomfort rather than wallowing. And all of that is really fucking challenging. It really is. And it's, and it, and it, it is gradual, I think. It's glacial in it's some places. So and, like... and, and that's, you know, the, the moment I'm seeing where I'm like, okay, I took a year to like, kind of just like get my head together while doing stuff, but you know, get my head. And it's like, but did I, I still, instead of addressing why I feel anxious, will eat 
some mm-hmm. stuff and, sure. or play a puzzle video game sure. that's completely mindless or, yeah. you know, whatever. Those are the go-tos of comfort and distraction. Yeah. But eventually even they start to pale. For me, yeah, and I do no, the same. They do. It's like, oh, I can watch another episode of, you know, Jane the Virgin because it is like so mindless to me. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, okay, really? Really? What are we doing now? Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to think about this uh, element of meditation that's like the body scan, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was when I first learned this sort of mindful stuff. I know, we got to go. We've I know, like, we have, we, uh, is We're it tomorrow? Almost- Two hours. It's been but like, has this been fun? It's been great. Uh, I'm, all, I'm 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 just gonna we can end with this. Yeah, okay. But uh, it it's like the the whole idea of the body scan. It sounds like you've done it. Well, yeah. I do I I do meditate. Yeah, I mean, and and meditation I think involves the, this process. This is one of the first steps. It's just starting at the bottom of your toes mm. and going all the way up all your body. Mm. And if you know the chakras. You can check in. With Get in there, yeah. And if you know what color the chakras are, you can picture those little puffs of chakra smoke as mm-hmm. you go up your body. Yeah. And you can stay in that part of mm. your body and you can note the physical feelings that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's somewhere where there's pain. Mm. To me, there's a way of actually measuring the finite extent of that pain. And it's like feeling how much is actually happening mm. actually reduces it because the, it's, it's not an infinite amount. You know, it's not more than you think it is. It's just this. Yeah. So there's a great, that's a great piece of uh, reasoning and patience and compassion towards self right there. Yeah. Like that is, um, I, you know, I strive for it. I, mean, I have I'm not a, getting it. I got a trick hip um, yeah. that doesn't, it's like, it really has a lot of chatter mm-hmm. when I'm sitting there meditating and it really wants my attention yeah. and I'm breathing. And, uh, you know, once I've sort of had a conversation with my hip and said, you know, we're here for 15 minutes and it's like a child. It's mm-hmm. like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? No. Okay. Or in church where you, your mom slips you a piece of dentine so you can fucking shut up and you, you know, have a gum. Uh, but that's how I view it. Like I view those, if if I if I if I glean what you're saying correctly, um, it's that mature, adult reasoning that we're safe, we're here for a limited time, and this ends. There's a beginning and a middle and an end, and that's very reassuring yeah, because that, that's how everything is. I never looked at it that way, but that's exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's exactly that process in, mm-hmm. in a nutshell, which is in a way what this mindfulness and meditation movement does kind of teach you is that like in every moment, that's just like the mm-hmm. beginning, middle, end, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's all, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, that's cool. That's cool that you're saying that. And, uh, just I'm, is. I'm glad it just, sorry. It's a great way to end. Like, so let's get out of here. Now a little meditation. Yes. Now we'll do a meditation. Talk. <sighs> Okay. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for coming in. An hour trip, <laughs> two hour commute, basically back and forth, just to come to a house. I'll be fascinated to see how you edit this. <laughs> oh, I'll be editing it. <laughs> yeah. But but you don't have Down to Down to 23 minutes. <laughs> no, the last one was an hour and a half. Like what? we kept it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Right? So so you don't worry. So I'm not thank worried. You. 
I'm, I'm glad worried. you like the tea. Thank you so Please much. Please come back anytime. That's very kind of yeah. you. Yeah. Appreciate it. And I can't it. wait to see the show. Oh, uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. I'd love to see that show. Yeah, I hope we get to workshop it, workshop <laughs> our things on the same stage sometime. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. for venues, so. Well, yeah, me too. Yeah, I've I'll, got, I'll I've got to two. I've that. got two right now, but I'm just working because uh, that's what I'm going to do this fall. This fall and winter, I'll be workshopping this mm-hmm. show. I might have a couple suggestions for I'd you. I'd love that. Okay, thank you. All right. You. And that was my chat with Sandra. And that was my chat with Sandra Shamus, uh, veteran of the stage, and someone I just really love getting to talk to. And and hopefully she'll be back. When I first contacted her about coming back on the podcast, she said, "Well, what would we talk about?" I think that's in the podcast, but uh, of course we would have a lot to talk about. Um, and honestly, I feel silly sometimes. I like I don't do enough listening, do too much talking. And that's just my self-conscious style hitting me in the gut. Okay, well, I've got to go. I have a door to, a door job to get to. You're wonderful. You're perfect. Don't change. Any questions? W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. Thanks very much. We're also looking for sponsors, all that kind of thing. And don't forget, there are still tickets available for uh, the Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet show uh, November 21st. Two of the three shows are sold out. I'm opening on the 21st at the Monarch Tavern in Toronto. Uh, look it up. Links. Uh, there will be tickets available. And uh, Wrong Hole, my band, is playing at the Bovine Sex Club November 29th. Put it in your calendar if you're in the Metro Toronto area. Okay. Thanks. See you soon. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, God. Flanagan. Oh, Weekly. Oh, Nick Flanagan Weekly.